Welcome to this episode of The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained, the mystical, and the otherworldly. I'm your host, C.L. Thomas, broadcast live from United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Lilydale. It's said to be a magical place where no one dies. My guest tonight, Nancy Lombardo, a full-time resident of Lilydale, will discuss what this hamlet of mediums and healers is about. But there is more. Nancy is a retired detective and police officer now serving as a medium healer, and she is also the president of the Church of the Living Spirit. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So how is New York? Are you surviving up there? <laughs> yeah, as you, as you know, it's been quite the day. We've had warnings since yesterday and the winds and the bad. The good thing about Lilydale, it's beautiful. The bad thing is we ha are part of a historic forest that has very big, humongous trees. So we always hold our breath that they don't fall on the houses. <laughs> so, so far, so good. I'm so excited to talk to you about Lilydale. I know a lot of people hold this mysterious place with so many different um ideas. So, but to get this started, what led you from the police force into mediumship in Lilydale and psychic healing and things like this? Yeah, quite the quite the segue, right? Yes. <laughs> it was never even in, in alignment to do any of this in all honesty. Um, I grew up 20 minutes from here, so I always was familiar about Lilydale and I left the area for a long time. I lived in Oklahoma. That's where I did my career at. But I came back here after I retired and I really wasn't even going to, it wasn't Lilydale. I had a house on Lake Erie and, um, but I was very interested in Lilydale, always have been since I was a kid. And when my mother died, I came here and got a reading from a medium. Um, I was raised Catholic, so my family didn't really agree with stuff in Lilydale. Yeah. But um when I came back here, I was very interested. I wanted to understand what they were doing, how they were doing it. And so I came to a circle, a mediumship circle um, that was run by Dr. Judith Rochester. And she lives here full time. And she's a bit of a mystic here. She's a medium to all the mediums here. And I came to her circle. And that first night, I remember uh, one of the girls in her class told me, you know, like, like I was right where I was supposed to be. And um that's how it all started. Uh, believe it or not, within a couple months after that, I drove out of Lilydale and I thought to myself, I'm moving to Lilydale. I mean, <laughs> it was just random. <clears throat> nobody ends up here. But nobody's like, oh, I'm going to go move to Lilydale. That's, you'd go talk to anybody that lives here and that's not how it happens. It's like a, almost a calling. It's just like a calling to come here to Lilydale. Um and it's not easy to, I mean, you can't just decide one day that you want to buy a house in Lilydale. There's a whole process to it, right? It's a whole process. To it. And it's funny <laughs> you say that because, you know, we get about 20,000 visitors and most of the people, when they see the quaint Victorian town and, and the fact that we have a beautiful lake plus a historic forest, they're like, oh, I want to buy a house there because you, you'll see signs up. But no, no, no. You just cannot come and buy a house in Lilydale. Um, we are the world's largest spiritualist community. Um, so of course, part of the criteria to live in Lilydale is you have to be affiliated with a spiritualist church and be an actual spiritualist to live in Lilydale. So let me ask you this, because I know a lot of people out there who really don't understand what Lilydale is. Um, they'll probably think of it as something like either the Amish or some kind of a cult. What makes this different? 
thank you for asking because a lot of people do you know, like they're a cult, we're witches, we're this, we're that, none of that. It's none of that. We are, um, it started off honestly, and this year we're going to celebrate our 145th year. And it started off way long ago as just a group of people that called themselves free thinkers uh, that were outside the box, that were very liberal, that wanted to just talk about anything. And that even included later on, I mean, Susan B. Anthony herself spoke here in Lilydale because at the time, females weren't even allowed to speak in public, let alone on a platform. Um, so it started off as free thinkers. It evolved into uh, Jeremiah Carter hearing voices telling him that he needed to build a camp here. So it started off as camp with tents and basically mediums from all around the United States started uh, coming to this area to perform mediumship and to speak and give inspirational talks. And that's really how it all began. And then people started building houses and it ended up becoming what we call a hamlet. So we do have the biggest congregation of mediums and healers in the world, to the best of my knowledge. I'm just going to backtrack just a little bit. You were a medium while you worked as a detective, right? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. Uh, now, as a detective, and I'm going to say a lot of police officers are probably intuitive. They're, you know, detectives, police officers are not going to sit there and say they're psychic or they're this or they're that. They're just not going to use that kind of language. But I would say I was always intuitive, but I was intuitive from a very young age from a death that happened in my family at my house. And I felt at a very, at nine years old that I could feel that presence in the house. I didn't even understand what that was. You know, I didn't understand any of it, but that kind of segued into police work. You know, when I'd show up on crime scenes or I would deal with death, you know, I just had that, you know, that, that hair standing up on your skin and you just had those feelings. And I really didn't understand, just didn't really understand all of it. And I didn't have time to study it, to think about it until I was able to retire and actually come here and learn about it. Because um, to, to say that you think you can communicate with the dead, I mean, people are like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. when you, you know, they, seriously, they just think it's crazy. But when you witness people time after time after time again, give evidential mediumship, what we call it, of details that they, there's no way in the world they could have known you, you must believe that something's going on. Yeah. I have to admit when I first, I didn't know that all of this existed until another friend of mine um, told me to take a class with Joe Shield. And, and so he just opened this whole new world up because to me, I do spirit art. And so I thought it was just, you know, people see, um, you know, like spirit guides and things like that. I was drawn like actual, cause I actually see the person. I can actually draw the person. And so finally there was somebody else out there that could do that kind of stuff. And I was like, it just opened up a whole new world and those subtle details. I don't know how many times where I would pass that photo to somebody that I sketched and that person just starts crying because it's so accurate of their loved one. And you're very talented, might I add. Very. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it shocks me living here now, the fact that we've been here for 145 years. Number one, how many people really still don't know about it? Mm -hmm. um, and number two, they don't understand it all the way, like you said, because it's kind of hard to explain. But what I can tell you, 
of us being here for 145 years that when you come, we are a gated community. So you have to come into a gate where we only have a season 10 weeks out of the year. So 10 weeks, you're going to have to pay a gate fee to get in. Other than that, we're open year round. You can just come in and walk around, walk the, walk the woods, um, see what we have to offer. Um, but when you enter that gate, undeniably, everybody always comments, there's a feeling they get. And um, there's just an overwhelming feeling because so many people have been sharing and putting together so much energy of 145 years. It's undeniable when you walk in that day. It just is. That was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you on the list here is that with so many mediums in one place, it seems like it would be just such a spiritually charged and magical place. And you just said that's the case, right? Yeah, and they'll they don't even understand it. You know, it's a sense of calmness, and um, it's peaceful for sure. Now, I will say in the summertime we have quiet time, which means that <laughs> it's funny. sounds funny, but I mean it, it makes sense. They don't let us do construction on our houses. We try to watch. You know, when we mow our yards, everything is very calm, very quiet to keep the integrity of the mediums doing their work in the summers and uh, all the outside services we have going on. So it, it is very quiet. You'll hear the birds, you'll hear the crows, but you will also just feel that energy. It's, you can just feel it. And that is so interesting. Yeah. So out of all the places in the world, like the desert and out where I live in Las Vegas, whatever, why that place? Why did they choose the grounds at Lily Ground? Lily Dale is on. Because Jeremiah Carter, who was a very famous person, like I said, he said that he heard spirits telling him to make a camp here. This originally, the free thinkers actually started at a place about 10 miles from here, a very small little community called Leona. And um, there used to be a train that would come right, right by Lilydale. Um, mm -hmm. And the train would stop and there's a hotel outside the gate. And um, they would meet there and like I said, the spirits told this Jeremiah Carter that he needed to make a camp and he purchased 20 acres, which included Lilydale. And they started this camp of free thinkers, which eventually turned into a camp of mediums and healers and very sought after uh, speakers for years. Does that mean, though, that that ground is somehow different than everything else, you think? It is built on sacred Indian. Uh, it has Indian history to it. So we are built on Indian land, and there's an Indian history, an Indian house here, uh, native um, history here also. So that combines. Um, we have a healing temple uh, that is like a church, and we do hands-on spiritual healing and Lots. I mean, you'll see more people come here to receive spiritual healing, honestly, than, than come here for the mediums because, once again, just that movement of energy. And I have to compare it. A lot of people compare it to Reiki because they don't understand really the difference mm -hmm. um, between Reiki and spiritual healing. But, you know, we'll, we've had lines outside of that healing temple, lines of people waiting to get in to spend. And I'm one of the healers. I work in that temple in the summertime that they come in just to spend, you know, three to five minutes with the healer and they walk out in tears because they don't even understand what happened. When did you discover that you had these abilities to assist with healings and what sort of healings? In all honesty, I would feel like my work as a police officer, honestly, um, as a detective that I, 
I was kind of like a healer in, in a way, um, yeah. in a different sense of the form. I feel like I've I've been that person my entire life. I've always been that person giving and giving of myself and others come first. And I really wasn't able to just completely put myself into the whole thing of it until I got here. And I didn't, I said, I didn't, in all honesty, my entire career, I was almost probably agnostic. I didn't have time to think about anything or believe in anything. But when I got here and was learning about spiritualism, and it is a religion, um, and it's a science also. Um, and basically the difference between spiritualism and all other religions is that we believe in communication with uh, dead people, basically, and we believe in healing. Um, basically the two things that separate us from other. So it was a learning process. It was like you going to classes. I started becoming a sponge, you know, trying to learn everything I could. And then, you know, like you too, we were doing circles. You're practicing, you're practicing, you're practicing. Think about how much of the brain we don't utilize. So when you tap into that right side of your brain and you're creative like I am, and you start actually tapping into those creative sides of you and realizing what it is you're capable of doing, it's unbelievably, incredibly big and powerful. So we have a question that came in. What's wrong with the witches? I'm not exactly sure what they mean by that question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're comparing this with uh, maybe Wicca. Yeah, we're definitely not Wicca. This is not Wicca. <laughs> I said spiritualism is a religion. It is a religion. We are a spiritualist community, meaning that we all have the same religion. Um, and there are mediums here and there are healers here. And you see mediums all over the internet now. I mean, yeah, you do. Everywhere. <laughs> All it is is that we have a lot of mediums living in one area here. And you can come here and you can find they have placards on their houses and they'll say that they're mediums and you can, you know, sign up and get a reading with the mediums here. So whenever you moved to Lilydale, what was that initially like for you? Um, Lilydale is a very small community. Okay. We have, um, we now sit on a hundred and, 40 acres, I believe. And uh, there's like a hundred, I don't know exactly, 180 houses. Um, so we're, we're relatively small. So it was very difficult for me because I came from a, not a huge city, but a bigger city. So it was very hard for me to get used to the quiet, for me to get used to, I got to drive eight miles to go to Walmart and, and go to the stores. And I'm not used to all that. So that was hard. But in all honesty, um, uh, with a 30-year career in law enforcement, I needed to heal because yeah. I've gone through a lot with my job, a lot. And I feel like I needed a sense of healing. And I think this was the perfect place to deal with all that. And that's where most people that come here, they're all wanting a sense of healing and they're all searching for that. So to be able to live here and and see people coming here for that, it's a beautiful thing. What is, what is the average day for you there when everything is in full service? Yeah. Um, our average, when we're in full, like right now, cause I, I talked to our president the other night and for our 10 week season, which starts, I think this year we're starting June 21st and we end right after Labor Day. Um, we're going to have 144 workshops um, wow. offered. Yeah. It's a ton. 
we're going to have season highlights every weekend because we have a big, huge auditorium that has been in existence since the 1890s. It's the same auditorium. It's an outdoor arena. We still use it. It's where many of the old people gave their inspirational talks. Um, and you could come in and not even do any of that. You could come in and you pay a $15 gate fee. And that gate fee, we have three outdoor services, which means that um, outdoor services include mediums show up and they give random messages to people that will come to, to that arena, wherever it's at. And then we have two services at the healing temples. So you can come in, you can walk in, you can sit at a bench and get a healing from a healer. Or um, we have a 2.30 service, which will have an inspirational speaker and message service also. Um, so we have a lot going on. We have three different restaurants. We have a hotel here on the grounds. You can come here and stay at the hotel on the grounds. And we have several guest houses. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes from like, from crazy, crazy people, the streets walking up and down. And then when, as soon as we shut down, it's like, it goes down really. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about some of the history with spirit art and how know. that all started? I don't know a lot about the history of spirit art, but I do know that it's, there's not a lot of people that do it, as you know. Um, yeah. People that actually, my next door neighbor, Bonnie White, is a spirit artist. Um, and she does it a little bit differently than, than what you would know just drawing. She'll draw all sorts of things because she's, and I've watched her work. And then she shows it and she can find all sorts of images inside that drawing. So you're not necessarily just seeing like a specific face, you know, like one face. She'll mm -hmm. have all sorts of things in her drawing, but she's she's been doing it many, many years. And ironically enough, um, my other across the street, her daughter lives and her daughter was the youngest medium here in Lilydale. They're generational. So it ran in the family. And you'll see a lot of that often. It runs in the family. Um, but spirit art. I like spirit art because sometimes I think for the naysayers that don't truly believe in this, um, like you said, you draw a picture and you don't know this person from Adam. You don't even know who you're drawing. And next thing you know, it's making sense to somebody. And you're like, well, where'd you find that from? Or how did you come up with that? It's very undeniable evidence for people. So I really appreciate the spirit artists that are out there that can do that and help prove the continuity of life. Because that's what yeah. And that's truly what um, the point of spiritualism is, right? Yeah. Just for people to reconnect and realize that there's more to life than what we see right now, right? Yeah, that, that's all it is. You know, and you can make, um, we believe in God, absolutely, but it's the God of your own understanding, whatever that looks like to you. There's all sorts of different people see God in all sorts of different ways. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And we're accepting of all religions. And I think that's a beautiful thing also. But yeah, why are we to say that there's not anything more out there? You can't look up at the sky and see the stars like your background and not believe that there's not a whole lot more out there that we don't understand. Right. So someone says, I think the early man created spirit art in those petroglyphs. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a interesting concept i like that yeah it is I, I i always uh walk around the desert quite a bit and look at those old petroglyphs and things like that that is interesting because they do have a lot of um different um imagery i guess yeah, yeah. spirit 
Yeah. But, I feel, and I'm sure you do too. I feel very yeah. by nature. And I think that's what's very special about Lilydale. Like I said, we have an old growth forest. That's one of the oldest growth forests in the state of New York. Um, and as a result, nothing comes in the forest, nothing goes out of the forest. If a tree falls, it stays there um, and it grows over and it's really, really pretty. And these trees are hundreds of years old. And then we have the water. And, you know, what more brings you so much, the water, the trees, nature itself, the animals, it's all very fulfilling and rewarding. Do you guys do um, like meditative retreats and things like that there? They offer classes on all of it. I mean, they offer so many different classes on, on mediumship. I mean, just like I said, you'll have to see um, on our website, the catalogs are getting ready to come out, but any metaphysical stuff, they, they're just a lot of it they offer to learn. A very big span of stuff. So that outdoor arena, there was another question I had about the outdoor arena. That's the place with the giant tree stump, right? Okay. Um, well, we have one that's called the Forest Temple. Uh, mm -hmm. which is, Forest Temple actually has like a um, an enclosed little thing that says Forest Temple and there's, you could sit out. Now the stump is an actual tree stump and you walk through the woods and all the way down. And for 145 years, they've been going down to that stump and giving messages. Um, and it's, they have pictures of it. And, you know, back during the wars, hundreds of people would be down there, especially women whose husbands were at war, who they lost in wartime. You know, they were all grieving and searching oh, and wow. answers for sure. Um, but the stump is very, very special. It's right in the midst of the old growth forest. So once again, nothing leaves, nothing stays. Uh, we're very particular, but you know, you can't trash and all that stuff. It, it's a sacred area. And a lot of times um, we have a path that goes all the way around and I'm a runner. So I love to run down there. And sometimes I'll stop and just put my hands on the stump because I just, I just love the energy of it. <laughs> Do you have any specific um, clients that you've had over the years that's that was really, you, you just saw like such a transformation in them from the healing work that you can talk about? Um, now, you must understand that as healers, we always say we're not, we're not the healer. I'm not a healer, okay? We're the conduits of energy. You know, when we ask people to sit for a healing, we tell you to go to your your God, your power, and, and bring that energy in and through you us to you. So... I'm not the healer. I'm not a healer. I, I help move that energy and I help bring that energy to you. And um, I can't say specifically, but I will say there's several people, like I said, they'll sit at the bench and they'll just be crying. And I'm talking about two to three minute time period, you know, and it's not like you're, you know, you're just very gently moving energy around them. And um, they're just very touched. We've had many people come there with, you know, with cancer, with this, with that. And I'm not going to say we, you know, that they walk out and they're healed. That's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. But we have documented several, several instances of healings that have taken place. Barbara Sanson, who has been running the temple for 30 some odd years, um, she has kept a book of all the hundreds of healers that have worked in our temple. And they do document several incidents that have actually produced miraculous events. That's really amazing. Yeah, it's um, 
So you are right now the pastor of the Church of the Living. Living Is that right? Yes. uh Living Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, What is what is that? We are. Is that a is that part of Lilydale? We're we're here in Lilydale, and we have our services at the Assembly Hall, which is a historic building here. Um, and I went before I say that all of Lilydale itself uh, last year was put on the National Historical Registry uh, because we are still historic. Our buildings, my house, several of the houses here were all on the Registry of Historical Places, which is really cool. Um, so we have our services at the Assembly Hall. We are a spiritualist church. Um, to the best of my knowledge, we're the largest spiritualist church uh, in North America. Um, so we have a lot of members and we have members from all over the world, which is cool because we have a hybrid service. And it's just that more people are learning more about us, about spiritualism. And they just like the idea. They like, you know, we don't have a dogma. We don't have a Bible. We do have a set of principles that we live by. And in all honesty, the, it's just really being a good person and living a good life and believing in the continuity of life and in healing and helping others. Do you guys ever get like a lot of um, controversy, I guess, from like the Catholic Church or people in your surrounding area or anything like that? The reason I ask is because there is some stuff. I have a friend that owns a... Um, it's a metaphysical shop and it has, she offers like Reiki and she's got gemstones and things like that. They do readings there and it's in a, it's in a town in Texas in the middle of a Baptist area and they pretty much, she just recently had to close the shop because of it. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So, well, I, I hate that. Well, like I told you, I was in Oklahoma and I promise you, you're not going to find a lot of this in Oklahoma either. So I understand that about Texas. You're just not going to see a lot of it. However, in the mainstream of things right now, a lot of the hospitals are starting to incorporate wellness, Reiki. That's all coming into the mainstream big time, mm -hmm. big time. So it's becoming a lot more acceptable. We haven't had protesters outside our gates. No. Are there people that probably don't agree with it? Yes. Um, are they here vocal in our ear? No. No. They're just not because, we, like I said, we've been here 145 years. Um, so we've been here a very, very long time. And that's okay. It's okay. Even when I was a police officer, my best friend was an attorney. She was a defense attorney. And we always said it was okay to agree to disagree. And that's what life's all about. Right. So um, you said that it's, you know, the hospitals and stuff are starting to offer Reiki and things like that. Um, yeah. It's interesting because recently, or not recently, but lately, a lot of physicians are coming out with um, NDEs and out-of-body experiences and, th and things like that, especially the emergency room physicians. Yes. They're actually writing this stuff up in um, the medical journals. Yes, so they are. It's, it's becoming more out there in the open now. I think at the organization under Raymond Moody, I believe, Dr. Raymond Moody. He was, he was here last summer. Was he? Yeah, he was here in Lilydale. He gave a, a, a workshop. He was one of our season highlights, and he was wildly popular. Um, you know, his story is unbelievable. Uh, we had a whole near-death weekend, week-long event where several of the doctors and people that had had those experiences came here because those are the people that are documenting everything we're saying. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
<laughs> and they've been there and done that and came back and talking about it. And you're exactly right. It's just it's just more and more and more out there. All of it, not just the Reiki, you know, the crystals, the this, the that. Anything that could hold energy and move energy, it's definitely becoming wildly popular. Um, so I have another question that came in. Are these healing? I don't know if I hold on a second. Is it about power of the mind or is it about tuning into higher dimensions um, yes. to do it that way? I I think he says, um, is it based on power of the mind and thinking or is it using that higher vibrational energy? Exactly. I love the way you put that. That's exactly right. It's using that energy. And, you know, we just call it going to the God of your understanding, your higher power, whatever your higher power looks like. You have to go to your higher power and it's using that and we're conduits of that energy, bringing it all in and to you. Because we can, like heal, we can heal ourselves. I mean, look at all the people. There's a lot of documentation on that, on people that are, you know, healing themselves through that higher power. You know, the biggest thing for me um, with this, with this idea of higher and collective thought and all that is, um, is being able to use this to even guide my day-to-day -day activities as far as like, dramas like I had a rough day at work today um it's still I walk away it's my choice of how I'm going to carry myself the rest of the day right I can yeah. let it it's the same thing is that right absolutely uh, absolutely um I love that too <laughs> I love that you're using that that's really cool um it's part of our principles um so yeah what we do we we make our own how we live in this world is how we live in this world and we make our own choices. Personal responsibility is everything. And we got to take responsibility of how we're going to live and how we choose to live. And believe it or not, I've noticed, you know, when I first took over the church, we had about 320 members and we're up to almost 600 now. And I'm seeing a lot of younger people coming in that are embracing this religion. Um, because like I said, we're welcoming of of so much freedom of thought in how mm -hmm. you want to believe and what you want to believe. And it is about taking responsibility for your actions for your, and just believing in a higher source. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you what that higher source is. Exactly. There, I think the younger people too, um, coming in, they're very much not into the, the dogma that maybe we've grown up with, right. With the church. And I think we see this, this, the younger people, the millennials and younger are shifting away from your traditional um, dogmatic religions, it seems. It definitely seems that. And I said, I saw a lot of younger people here last summer, for sure, which is coming in, just walking the grounds. And it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We have a couple um, shops here uh, that three different shops actually that sell all the crystals and all, all the, all the woo, -woo stuff that you'd ever want. <laughs> and they, they love, they love it. And it's cool. Cause I like it too. So that's a neat thing. So you guys work a lot with, um, I think it's the author Finley college. Uh, we don't, they're a separate entity. Okay. So they do their own thing. We do our own thing. Um, yeah, no, we're two Got it. liaisons. For Jeez, sure. I didn't know that. Yeah, just offering sort of the same things, just at different levels. So, which so is good. Holistic healing. I'm sorry. Wait, say that again. 
It just Go gives ahead. people a variety of places to learn from, and that's always good. Got it. So do you own your own holistic business? Um, I'm looking I at your website. It says wellness with Nancy Lombardo. I'm, I'm a yoga instructor. Okay. So um, I like, uh, you know, yoga's zen. <laughs> I, I like incorporating yoga because it's such a lifestyle in and of itself. And i am recently been uh, playing with my crystal bowls and I'm going to incorporate yoga with crystal bowls because I think it's a perfect match to, to do that. And I love working with the bowls. I love, I love sound. Um, I think sound is healing in and of itself. Um, so yeah, I do that. I teach, I kind of incorporate some of my police officer stuff with spiritualism stuff. Um, and it's a really weird segue, but I teach classes like on suicide. I teach classes on responding to critical incidents, um, trying to put it all together and mainly for healing, mainly to help heal people. Do you ever have a, like an officer um, who has PTSD come to you for help? Um, well, I work um, a nonprofit organization where I answer lines uh, for police officers in crisis. Um, so they don't necessarily come to me, but I help out through that nonprofit on that way. But I have had the opportunity, believe it or not, few different people that have come here actually I'm thinking off the top of my head for sure um, that are officers and they're like wow you know and they're just learning about this because I'm telling you there's a lot of police officers out there I'm sure of it that are very intuitive I'm sure of it they just didn't understand only oh, we're psychic because you know you're not gonna sit there and be a detective and ask a question that you don't know the answer to you're just not and and you know, a lot of times when you're out in the middle of the night and you're going around that building, your hair, you know, when that hair stood up, you needed to understand why your hair standing up because it was all intuitive. And it, some of it was psychic, too, for sure. Do you know of anyone who actually found a missing person or anything like that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, I work with a <laughs> I work with a lovely, lovely girl and her, her name is Tiffany and she's a forensic um a friends, a psychic forensic person, and we work together often. Um, I, if I hear of a case, um, I refer them to her because she's very good at what she does. She has a whole like group that comes together, a whole group of psychics and mediums that come together and work on these cases. And she could, and I'm not gonna say they solve every case, but they don't. But sometimes, as a last resort, when people, and I don't want to use them as a last resort because sometimes they could be very useful in the midst of it too. Um, but they can be very helpful. They can be very helpful. I'm sure you know a lot of psychics and you can't explain how psychics know what they know. But, no. they know. <laughs> but how do you, if, if somebody does, um, like say your friend actually sees the person and can, and knows where they are, are they able to have any kind of influence on the case um, legally? I mean, they're, they're I know legally no, but. Yeah, they you can. Know, how does that work? But it's not going to be like upheld in a court of law if that's what you yeah. want. They can definitely give tips like anybody else can give a tip to law enforcement to help them. And what's law enforcement have to lose but to go follow up on a tip if they, because you follow up on all sorts of tips anyways. So they can be useful and they can very, be a very useful tool to law enforcement also if you're good. 
but you know, there's there's a lot of them that aren't good that that try to do the work, but there's several that are very good, and I think they could be very helpful for people because I'd hate to th- I don't even know over a hundred hundred thousand missing kids right now in the United States. I mean, it's a big number. I used to work um, internet crimes against children, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> what happens? That's amazing. Yeah. It, I know in in Vegas, there's um exactly. A couple hundred go missing off the strip every, every month. Well, not only that, but they show up on the strip being trafficked. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you guys got the best of both worlds in, in Vegas. There's just a lot going on in Vegas for children, for sure. But but the police are working diligently in Vegas also. They're, I mean, there are units there because I, I had an opportunity to work with some of them and they are on the ball all the time. Yeah, it's something that's they don't really publicize. I didn't even know that until I moved here. Um, I didn't know. And I just went one night I couldn't sleep and I just went downtown and walked around. And, and then my friend calls me and she goes, you can't do that here. And then she started telling me all of this stuff. And I thought, wow, I had no idea. <laughs> so crazy that's crazy but yeah i i like the fact that and a friend of mine lisa williams she does a whole year forensic certification for psychics and mediums and let me tell you she puts them through the ringer and she will not even pass them at the end of the year if they're they don't meet her standards so she's getting a lot of them trained in this area to hope hopefully help some of these families that 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 just want to find out because I can't imagine ever not knowing whatever happened to your child. That's yeah, that's horrible pain. That would have to be the worst thing ever. And then you watch all these TV shows mm. that have that kind of, I just can't even imagine yeah. losing a child like that, having a kid stolen. Yeah. Um, another thing that happens a lot here in Vegas is um, with the native Americans, a lot of them, are the kids go missing, the women go missing, but it's, there's this thing about um, they're not investigated like they would on, on the Vegas strip, for instance. Well, because, you know, a lot of that, because when I worked in Oklahoma, you know, we're right there on Indian land. Also there's, there's pure lines of jurisdiction lines of what we can do and what we can't do depending on whose land it is. So it gets very complicated. And I think the natives, they're probably understaffed for the Mm -hmm. amount they have to deal with. And that's probably what they're dealing with. Um, But sometimes they, we interwork with each other, both agencies, Um, but it's just a lot and it's very complicated. Vegas, I think the last I I heard anything about um, people missing off the strip, there's a theory that they're ending up over the border in sex trafficking. Probably, Yeah. yeah. I'm not real sure how that all works, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think that movie that came out uh, last year and it was very <laughs> accurate uh, about all that. Um, it was based on a true story, and yeah, sadly, a lot of that happens for sure. Do you have any specific stories that you can tell about any of the cases that you know of where a medium was able to help in some way? Um. Tiffany had told me a story and I can't remember the details of it. So I'm, I'm not going to say, so no, I don't, I don't. Got it. I don't. <laughs> when you, when you were coming into mediumship, um, 
was your life transformed? Like, I know you said you had experienced healing, mm -hmm. but what was that like? What was it like for you um, as far as like all, you were this tough police officer and then all of a sudden you're now a medium? Well, some it's just such a trans transition, yeah, I, I guess. Still, I, I still, you know, I'm always going to be, be a police officer. My blood's always going to run blue. Um, uh, but for me, sometimes it was just like it wasn't believable. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm right brain, I'm creative, but I'm also very left brain because I was that detective for so many years. So, um, well, I said, when I started practicing and when I started getting information and when I got paired up with people and I'm saying stuff like, does this make sense to you? And it did. And I can't sit there and I, where, where'd that come from? Um, I know you said that you can sit there and draw. My mediumship is more of feeling. I mean, I just have mm -hmm. this feeling this innate feeling and I'll, I can see in my head, you know, I can't sit there and draw like you can, but I definitely see images in my head. And it was just like, is this, this is just crazy. I mean, I really thought it was crazy because it just didn't seem real. But then, like I said, the more you work on it and, and open yourself up and um, evolve and unfold, it just gets more and more and more. I mean, last night, I had a dream and my sister who had died a year ago, my sister's in the dream, a priest that had died a couple of years ago, he's in the dream. You know, they always say that the veil, we're the closest to to the that side when we're sleeping, you know, and more and more that they're creeping in more and more a lot of times in my dreams, which makes me know that they're, I'm getting closer, you know? Yeah. Breaking down that wall. Do you do readings now? Um. We're, we're not registered mediums here uh, are allowed to do readings on the grounds. So, I mean, we could do readings in church or mini readings, but we don't do readings on the grounds because you have to go through this whole testing thing and become a registered medium to work here in Lilydale. Okay. There's um the reason I ask is because you said that you, you visualize a lot and you see them in the dreams and things like that. I have another friend who hears them. Mm -hmm. All the time. Well, all um, the clairs, I'm sure. We learned yeah. about the clairs, didn't we? <laughs> and, My and, friend Scott, he's, he's a really good medium, and he but he hears them. Mm -hmm. And we had this big, long conversation about this. Um, I don't necessarily hear them as, as I often. I see, but I see stuff more. So that, I guess that's why I'm better at the spirit art, because I can sketch. It's easier for me to sketch what I see than than to actually hear the message, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But I mean, your sketch you showed me the other day was incredible, honestly. And I'm sure once you draw that sketch, can you not like feel into that drawing? I do. So what happens is I'll, I'll pick up a lot of imagery. Um, sometimes I'll hear a name, um, you know, just little things, but it's all bits and pieces. Like it's never a story. I can never tell somebody oh, this is your grandma. She says that your something is under the plant bowl or something like that. That's just not how it exactly works for me. I'll see like the plant bowl or, you know what I mean? It's like bits and pieces. I'd, so I'll, it's a challenge to try to piece it all together sometimes. And that's because you have to understand what you're piecing together. And it's all just work. I mean, it's all just constant work and working at it. And I kind of the same way, like when I start, I, I start off psychically, 
just, you know, I could tell you this, da, 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 and then psychically somehow just moves naturally into mediumship. Um, and it is piecing it together. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, it just stops. You know, I get no more. And it's just like, oh. and it's like, Judith used to always say, go back, go back. I was like, I can't go back. It just stopped. <laughs> I don't know how to go back. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just done. But I brought my, not my, my thing, but I like to play, not play, but I love my pendulum too. I'm a pendulum. <laughs> I'm a pendulum person and I like to hold things. So um, it helps me to hold for some reason um, when I'm doing messages, but I, I love pendulum work. And if people are not familiar with pendulum work and if they don't believe in energy, watch someone work a pendulum and you're sitting there. I, I remember showing my aunt, she's like, oh my God, you know, cause it's, she could tell I wasn't moving it, but boy, it's just moving away and doing all sorts of stuff. And that's just energy. And that's how energy works. So but how does, I, I never really seen anybody use the pendulum at all. Are you able to explain that just a little bit of what that is? Um, well, a pendulum, like I said, it's, it's really working off. They said our fingertips hold millions and millions of whatever. Uh, and it really just, um, you'll hold it. And whenever I start like a pendulum, I'll always be like, show me my yes. Can you see that? No, you'll have to hold it up just a little bit more. There you go. My yes. My yes always goes the same direction. I'll say, show me my no. See that? Yeah. I know always goes. To, so you you check them, you make sure that they're accurate, but it, there's boards that they have like this one that, you know, has months, numbers, and you can, I can ask and it can go to different directions. Um, it, it's, it's crazy how it works, honestly, but, but I mean, I don't, I don't totally understand it, but it's definitely energy and it's definitely accurate. And Every time, it's never not shown me my yes going one direction, my no going the other, never. And I don't know. It even has its own direction for I don't know, because sometimes it doesn't know. Um, it's just different tools. You know, the people use different tools, psychometry. Exactly, yeah. Hold somebody's, you know, hanky or something and get a <laughs> from it because they had their energy in it. So it's just goes back to all about the movement of energy. You're exactly right. It and it, you know, some people out there who they think that um, they think tarot cards doesn't work, or they'll think that you know, um, a lot of people that practice voodoo they use those. Um, I forget what those are called, but they're like cowrie shells, and mm -hmm. they put them in a satchel, and then they throw it, and it it, sh it tells them whatever it is that they're trying to read, and then you got the tea leaf readers, all these different things. To yeah. me, it all works the same. It's just whatever spirit language you're using at the time. Exactly. I mean, just exactly. That's exactly right. So I don't know. I have one. I have another question from, I think his name is Kasun. He says, brain scientists have found out around two seconds before you make any decision, the brain fire up a single to do things. In that sense, we don't have any free will. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, I don't either. I think hmm. we have free will. 
Yeah, I think we do too. Because we, like I said earlier, we all decide how we're going to react to any given situation at any time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And how but, we react to change the whole scenario of things. Yep. I forget who the author is. There's, there's a famous author from, I think, the 1940s. Um, ugh, why do I, the name escapes me, but. His famous quote is, um, if you control your thoughts, you control your life, basically. It's, uh, what is that book? And you're the writer. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's not Think and Grow Rich, but I know he wrote that book, too. Um, Outwitting, is it Outwitting the Devil, maybe? And I forget who the author is. But, yeah, that book. You're going to make a note and look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely look that up, though, because it's all about, Controlling how your everyday thoughts can control where your energy leads, basically. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's actually mind-blowing, especially when you're talking about energy work or anything like that. But anyway, back, back to you. Everything is mind-blowing, in all honesty. <laughs> I said you can either believe it or you don't have to believe it, but <laughs> it's, that, that's your free will, for sure. But... I like to, and I don't say I like to believe it. I, I have witnessed it. And I, I live in a community where I witness it time and time and time again. And I see how much it heals people. And, um, and I love that. I love that we're able to give people that back and give them healing that they need and help them with their grief and help them with their suffering. Cause there's way too much of that going on in the world right now. Way too much. Yes, of that. There is, you know, and it makes me wonder if, do you guys ever collectively pull together to do like a prayer for the world? And the reason I ask because um, in Wicca, I think his name is Gerald Garner. And this was in the 40s when um, the the Germans were going to invade England at the time. And he had a Calvin. Um, he's the guy that actually started Wicca. And so what he did was he got everybody together and they started meditating you cannot cross the sea. You cannot cross the sea. And lo and behold, something stopped Germany from being able to invade at that time. Wow. Um, to me, I mean, it was, it's, it, you know, I can't outright say, oh, yeah, that's what stopped it. His, his coven actually stopped the invasion of England. But something's got to be said about that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the power of meditation, absolutely. Um one of the founding members of the church that I'm the president of, Emmy Chekin, she lives here on the grounds. And her grandmother, she's generational. Her grandmother was a wonderful physical medium. She could move objects. I mean, Emmy tells me some stories, just blows my blows my mind. And um, back pre-COVID, uh, Emmy used to have a Thursday meditation at the church, a community meditation for world peace. And they'd go down there every Thursday and they'd in quiet, they'd sit there for an hour and they would just meditate to send out world peace. And I thought that was beautiful. thought that was beautiful. Can you imagine if the entire nation did that instead of fought over right. politics and things? Wow. How different it would be. How different it would be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, more, more people. I, I definitely incorporate meditation into my yoga practices. I mean, it's part of yoga, but it surprises me sometimes how many people 
can't sit still for like even a few minutes. But I'm so proud of my class because they've really graduated from not even be able to, what is this? To, to be able to sit there, you know, like five, eight minutes. And they just, and now they're like, I have to pull them out of it because they don't even want to come out of it. But if people could learn to, to take some time and call it whatever you want to call it, quiet time, don't call it meditation, you'd be really surprised how beneficial that could be to yourself and everybody else. That person is definitely me. Um, so I'm a runner and I'm having to cut back on running. And we've talked about this and now I'm, I'm trying to do yoga. Here I am, you know, from years of running, I can't even touch my toes, right? It's awful. I'm like the world's worst yoga student. It's pretty comical. <laughs> but the meditation part is phenomenal. <laughs> Well, you got to remember yoga started off with nothing but meditation. It used to just be, they didn't even have the movements. It was just all meditation. The movements came in quite later in time. But yeah, well, us runners, I mean, you've been running. So when we don't get our runs in, we we don't, we're not happy people. So It's very true, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I should do some videos about me trying to get into yoga. It, it really is the most comical thing ever. But <laughs> Most runners don't. We can't even, you know, we can't stretch. We don't, can't bend. So, yeah, it's kind of comical. And, and we're used to everything being fast, right? Running is about movement, you know. But it also, I feel like a lot of times running, I do my best writing um, in my head. I got to where I'd start saying it and recording it because if I don't, I forget it. But I do, <laughs> yeah, it's very meditative to me. And it puts me in space for sure. So that's a good thing. So, Nancy, um, we're at the bottom of the hour already. Can you believe it? No, that went by so fast. It did. I know. It always does. Um, is there anything that you would like to add that we haven't covered? No, I would just like to tell people to have an open mind. And if you haven't ever come to Lilydell or maybe are curious about it, uh, heck, take a trip this summer and come check us out because it is a little hamlet. It is a beautiful historic town that is a throwback into the Victorian era. And it's just a nice little place to take a few days off and just forget about the rest of the world. What is your advice for somebody if they're looking to develop intuitively? Yeah, there's so many different people and classes out there, but I would definitely say to research because some people that are offering classes, they, they don't have the experience behind their belt. So you know, just, just do your research on people and and read the comments and because uh, there's a lot of different mediums out there. And if you're going to learn, sure is. if you're going to learn, wow. make sure you learn from someone really good. Oh, you know what? Do you have any tips about how to decipher the people who um, really aren't mediums, but are just stealing money from people? Because there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot that going on. I actually was, I did a little, um, a little class I was doing about psychics and mediums and police and all that. And man, there's a lot of cases of people taking money. Um, if it's about the money, it's probably not about the mediumship. <laughs> Let's just say that. And if they if they keep throwing, yeah, sometimes mediums will just, you know, work just, just for the healing aspect of it. it. It never used to be about the money. And it certainly has turned into money for some people. Um, it has. Be very weary. Leery, not weary. Weary too. <laughs> Leary. Weary too sometimes, depending on who you, who, you know, especially on social media, you get those little messages. 
Exactly. Are you into a psychic reading? Yeah. <laughs> Be very careful about that. And know the difference between a psychic and a medium because they're mm -hmm. very distinct different things. What is the difference? Um, psychic is just a knowing. Um, and sometimes they predict. Mediumship is clearly going to a dead person, talking to the other side. Whether person, animal, it's going to something that is not here on this earth plane. Um, real quick, just out of curiosity, do you guys believe in any other spiritual beings besides humans, like angels, fairies, any of that kind of stuff? We have a fairy trail here in Lilydale, <laughs> and we have fairyologists, uh, one of the reverends of our church. She actually showed me a picture that was pretty darn cool that she said she took in the fairy trail. Seriously, I was just like, wow. Um, I have to look that up. Many people... Um, Many mediums go to spirit guides for assistance or you know, your soul, higher power. So, yeah, we believe in angels. I definitely. Yes. So where can somebody find you if they want to get involved with the church or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, it's Church of the Living Spirit here in Lilydale. Um, church of the Living Spirit. We're on Facebook. Um, my name is Nancy Lombardo. I have a site, Wellness with Nancy Lombardo. And wellness includes like overall wellness. Um, and then you're going to be on my radio show for Lilydale, yeah. blog radio show next month. And we're going to talk some more. So yeah, uh, I'm very excited. Yeah. That's called enlightening your way. So I'm excited to have you also. So thank you. And if that. they want to sign up for your coaching classes, uh, well, not classes, but your coaching, I know well, you do some coaching, but not so much coaching, but I'll definitely talk to them for sure. I don't know okay. What to call it. <laughs> Life so coaching. Life coach. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained mystical and the otherworldly. I'm your host, C.L. Thomas, broadcast live from United Public Radio 107.7 New Orleans. Take care, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>